Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We are recording on the last day of your 40s. Yes, I'm in reflective mood. I said to our son this morning, this is the last day that daddy is in his 40s. And then he said something, which is unimportant. What I said is what's really great. (laughs) I went like, he became a dad in his 40s. And that's all I had to say. What am I going to do? Like tell him about a politics podcast that got some traction? His last good year of income was in his 40s. Come on. Your best days are ahead of you, baby. Yeah, yeah. Not your best days in that regard, but I don't know. If we can get more listeners to this and then we could like... Persuade Jesse Armstrong to keep making succession. No, that wouldn't work. We we couldn't, we probably couldn't... Well, no. I'm oh, not... shit. What? I just got a text message in the uh, the tiny Wu-Tang clan of cancelled from a birthday party. Oh my God, it's so interesting how good your acting is sometimes. Is that just another way of saying I'm a good liar? Yeah, which is scary. Maybe I'm a bigamist. <laughs> Who was I thinking about wanting to open our marriage up for recently? Lucy Preble. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about her. Welcome to Friday Sprinkles. Should we delve? Yeah. The first one comes from Tom Chittenden. Tommy, Tom, Tom. From now on, we're calling you Colin Does Jeans. Colin Does Jeans says, Dearest FC and NC, my wife and I completely nailed a Series 1 to 3 recap prior to Series 4. We hit that shit up every night for a month, and now everything is dull, limp, and lifeless by comparison. However... Watching 29 episodes of Succession in a row straight into Series 4 has served up a subtle and delicious, look what we noticed, Nugget. The opening titles music is different. To be honest with Colin Does Jeans, I might not have taken this email in, except I thought it would have been like a crazy person. But the email right before it was saying the exact same thing. And then last night... I rewatched like the first third of the fourth episode. Dear Jesse, you know what's important to me to watch that shit in full, but I watched it falling asleep to it. That's the only reason, baby, that I didn't watch the last parts. Anyway, with this in mind, I watched that and I do not have a keen ear at all. And I don't know how I missed it prior to this moment. The email continues and describes what he's talking about. The bass notes from the opening music have been warped and warbled to give a weird, unsettling and broken feel. It's subtle, but after hearing that soon-to-be-missed music 29 times, we are sure it's different. It sounds like what happens to an old overplayed cassette tape, which fits perfectly with the old grainy, deteriorating home video footage. 
a clever hint towards Logan's impending doom, listen for yourself. Love and ludicrously capacious bags, Tom Chittenden, a.k.a. Colin does jeans. Now, when I listened to it, and granted it was like, it was probably about one in the morning, and I noticed it. Almost made me feel dirty. Did it creep you out? Yeah, but like in a not creep me out in the way that a horror film might make you feel like, oh, like, oh, I just saw. But it was also like um, a thing that is so close to me. Would it be like a stalker breaking in in the middle of the night and just very subtly rearranging a couple of things? Sort of. Ooh. What I was going to say is even darker than that. Neither of my parents actually are big drinkers. My mother perceives my father as an alcoholic because of her stuff. A British person would think he was a moderate drinker. If anything, a little on the temperate side. Yes. The point is, I very rarely see my father drunk. But the couple of times in my 43 years of life that it has happened, you're like, it's my dad, but you're not my dad. Because there's just something about the boundary that is off a little bit that is otherwise so present. That is what it was like. Stop creeping me out, succession. Your succession. Uh. Where's my dad? <laughs> Why do you need my help taking your shoes off today? It only happened once. Okay. Our next email is from Dan Barrow, a.k.a. Tommy fucking Turnip Truck. It might be Terry. Okay. Terry fucking Turnip Truck writes, Hi, FNN. Read the encounter between Carrie and Marsha. Security at the wake would have been even higher than normal, which I imagine is pretty high at the New York $53-63 million apartment. Therefore, there was no way Carrie was getting in without the express wish of Marsha. It was something that she actively wanted to happen in the full glare of the attendees with a tacky bag of medicines and security ready to meet, greet, and defeat. An old quote came back to me, and this is Marsha, I think, talking to Rhea. Remember Rhea? Holly Hunter? When I lose... No, let me, let me do her. When I lose, the other one generally loses an eye. Thanks. Dan Barrow slash... Terry fucking turnip truck. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I thought that was a really smart way of thinking about that. I read a couple of interviews with Zoe Winters this week. It was really interesting. Tell me more, tell me more. So what she got into, just a little bit, but it was tantalising, was some of this character Bible stuff. Um, She says some stuff about Carrie's worked for an assistant a long time. She thinks it's significant that she had no qualms about joining Waystar Royco in the middle of the cruises scandal as a woman. Right. She is estranged from her parents. She's very politically different from them. And she's politically different because she's a borderline fascist. And what she actually craves is power and political oh. power. Oh, Isn't that God. great? Isn't that great? That is the greatest thing and you know what credit to zoe winters all of that i think i knew was in that performance without even knowing it was in that performance i i think she found a way to bring all that to that role that is impressive also you know that the one person well the guy i lost my virginity to is a fascist now you didn't fuck the fascism into him maybe i did (laughs) oh and the other thing zoe winters said and i have heard some of the actors say this but because the scene on the boat with the siblings was so extraordinary, you forget about it. They also shot the scene on the plane in real time as well. Did she say it like, um, 
just so everybody knows, <laughs> I understand that Sarah Snook gets the Emmy this year, but can we just like just pay a little attention to the number of interpretations that you could put on my Chuckles the Clown reaction? Could we maybe just give me the attention that I want? There's nothing of that to her. Are you sure? She comes across as delightful. All it is. All I'm basing Hair any of jealousy. this on. That's just happening in every second of every moment of every day. The next email comes from a familiar name from the previous series, Joy Hunter. Joy's nickname is... Who is that young Han Solo and how can I get his dick in my ass? That is sexy and disgusting. Hey, hey, motherfuckers. Roman's first words on the show. Last week, you had a great discussion about Shiv's, let's face it, bad hair day at Connor's wedding. In contrast, I noticed Jerry's hair was in an immaculate and very wedding appropriate updo at Connor's wedding. But this week, her hair, while still immaculate, was down. Not one of her usual girl boss business bitch updos. Logan dies and Jerry literally lets her hair down. Fantastic. Han Solo with your dick. So good. I recently rewatched all the seasons and noticed how Carolina was much blonder earlier on and Willa is blonder now. It just made me think about how there is some weird lore of TV shows where characters usually have the same hair throughout, whereas in reality... I, nor any of my female friends, have managed to maintain a single hairstyle or colour for more than five months. Succession even gets the hair bang on. So true. And first of all, you know, Han Solo dick up the ass is very smart because what she has intuited is that if, if people want to talk hair, their their email's getting put in. <laughs> I'm going to read it because I'm, a, I'm obsessed with hair. And I, I, yes, I'm always thinking that the next thing could somehow turn me from this lady with limp locks into like a hair model. I always find it beautiful and slightly tragic, the pictures that people give to the hairdresser. That's so funny you say that because I used to do that. And um, it felt so depressing to be looking at my fucking mug being like, can we, can we look at like what is the model? It was so sad that now when I did this today, I got a blowout and I handed a photo of myself when my hair looked okay to make the whole situation a little less grim. Han Solo and how can I get his dick in my ass? This was a, a wonderful observation. And this is, this is my favorite thing with these emails. I was noticing Jerry's downward locks. I went, oh, that Rapunzel, Rapunzel. Rapunzel, Rapunzel, I thought. <laughs> but I didn't think about it beyond that point. And I just love Han Solo and the dick in his butt for making me think more about it. Just on the subject of TV characters changing their hair, we recently rewatched the episode of Veep where <gasps> Selena Myers gets a terrible hair. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can we tell people what episode that is? I don't... Let me Google it. I think I've watched it eight times. In the last week. I can't stop watching it. Do you love it? I love it. Right, I've Googled it. It's series three, episode eight. It's called Debate. So good. Okay, this is from Eric Stern. Eric, honey, I'm calling you the spooky embryo. (laughs) Spooky embryo writes, where are Iverson and Sophie? Missed their uncle's wedding and grandfather's wake? Even Colin's kid made it. Well, I think there's a couple of issues it raises. One is, do you think how little we see of Iverson and Sophie is there to tell us about Kendall as a dad? Or do you think it's like you never see someone shitting on TV? It's not interesting to watch. Dear Jesse. It doesn't even feel like a dear Jesse, though. It feels like a proper question for the team. 
What are those things you're like, oh, no, we fucking forgot about those kids and could not find a place for them in season four? And then I don't think it's too weird for kids not to be awake. Now, I don't know if that is being brought up in a dysfunctional culture which keeps kids away from death and funerals. So, so it might not be great, but I, I don't think it's that strange. I think I think the com- awake and a funeral are different, and I think the combination of wedding plus wake is it. There were like kids, and now there are no kids. But isn't it just possible Iverson and Sophie were at Connor's wedding? We just didn't see them. There are a lot of people on that boat. Come on. Uh, the next email comes from Clara. Clara, from now on, we're referring to you as Mater D at the Bistro of Bullshit. Dear Firecrotch and Nomcore, I have a few thoughts and questions in regards to how Roman behaved towards Kerry. Great topic. We've seen before how Roman is often the most emotionally intelligent and empathetic of the main cast when he chooses to let his guard down and not make a crass joke as a defence. However, we've also seen his ability to view others as not real people, such as with the boy at the baseball game and the man with the tattooed initials. Kerry could easily have been lumped into the latter group at this point in time. But I was struck by how genuinely kind he was to Kerry in that devastating scene between her and Marsha in the entryway when Kerry is so powerless. There was a protectiveness in him that felt practised in the same way Kendall's behaviour does when Logan hits Roman at Argestes. He didn't hesitate in a situation where most people would flounder. Does this scene suggest Roman has overseen several Logan aftermaths where these women he sweeps off their feet and promises the world to, are unceremoniously taken out the back when the time is up. Does Roman's repeated request for Carrie's private number herald some machinations to follow? Or was it simply Roman feeling duty-bound to do something to help this woman whose story he's seen play out time and time again? I could see a cheque for a million dollars from Roman in the future as a feeble attempt to make amends. I would love nothing more than a million dollars as a feeble attempt to make, maybe two million dollars as a feeble attempt to make amends. Oh, God. You know, sometimes when people have been wronged, say, by a a (laughs) spouse or a parent in a film and you see them receive a cheque and then just tear it up. You would never. Never. We both would be so easily bought. Oh, yeah. Here's what I think. We've put a lot of work into this podcast. What if there's someone who's very, very, very rich listening? A benefactor. Yeah. If there's a benefactor listening, you could really make the difference in the life of a very nice person. And I know, I know, I know you're thinking, Sarah, don't you come from a bit of money? Sure. But my mom's not letting me have any for a very long time. (laughs) And like, I'm not saying I deserve it more than other people. But if you've enjoyed the pod, let me think about the number. Let me be realistic. If to you... 50 grand. That's all. If 50 grand to you is nothing, you could put it in our can, our, can a crowd, this is a legit question, can a crowdfunder overflow? Sarah, we barely got 200 pounds. The point is, we set out a goal and we met the goal. Speaking of the crowdfunder, <laughs> you said that you would give anything above 200 pounds to charity. Well, don't don't so, push me, don't push so me. So the benefactor... No, no, no. This is separate. I'm not giving this shit to charity. <laughs> My sense that shit should just get handed to me is phenomenal. (laughs) You're like one of the Roy children. A little bit. I think I am. I just think I should fucking get it. 
Mm-hmm. Here's what I think. I think like rich people are strange. <laughs> and the most successful people that I know have the most fucked up friendships. That's bleak, but it's true. And they need a friend and I can be a good friend. Do you think that's what you excel at being a friend? Yeah. I'm a good friend. You don't think I'm a good friend? I don't think you're a bad friend. You do think I'm a bad friend? No, no. No, I do not think you're a bad friend. You don't think I'm a good friend? Here's here's what somebody's going to get from being friends with you. Yeah. Funny company, interesting stories. I'm interested in people. I'm interested in their emotions. I ask them about themselves. Yeah. There we go. That's, that's... That's being a good friend. So what am I bad at? Going the extra mile. Yeah. Arranging something for someone. I... And uh, maybe no. I I got when Maggie had a birthday. I got her a bottle of wine one year. <laughs> this is your best friend. Yeah, but she lives in a different country. Mm. Does she always live in a different country? No. no. Um, instigating social occasions. No, but I joined in on Monday night. Mm. Uh, checking in. You know, a lot of people like me, Jeff. I know you're great. I'm saying that you are a no frills good friend. You've not got any of the extras. Yeah, that's probably right. It's a very good version of the unfrilly. There are no sides coming no. with this main. No. <laughs> well, that was depressing. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, next we hear from Zach, a.k.a. All Bangers All the Time. Dear FC and NC, hats off to the writers. The underlined crossed out name is one of the subtlest and most epic moves Succession has ever pulled off. In the final scene, Kendall examines the paper his dad left and whatever we saw made him go to Hugo and tell him to essentially kill his dad's legacy beyond the grave. Why? It would appear Shiv is right. His name is half crossed out, half underlined. Yet the part crossed out is Logan Roy. Mm. So much symbolism in this. What's more, his initials are KLR. 
or killer. Now, you know me, I'm never going on to Reddit, but even I have an awareness that people are into this killer thing. I'm kind of not into it, but anyway. It would appear that Logan decided to cross out part of his son's name, the part that is actually his own name. That feels less conspiracy theorist to me, the idea that it's like this cross out. Um, This is the coldest and most impactful pencil scribble in TV history. Now, big reveal. I decided to listen to the HBO official podcast. Just sizing up the competition, (laughs) trying to identify their weaknesses. We're going to take Swisher down. Is she a nice lady? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. This me a campaign. Here's all I'll say. Mm. I heard my friend Lucy. <laughs> Was it oddly thrilling to hear her on another <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I'm just interested. Here's the thing. You get fucking good information out of that podcast. You know what? We'd fucking get good information as well. But anyway, what Lucy says is that they they were handed all these different versions. Like they had to look at 30 different versions to find the exact right version of the the appropriate cross out. So I imagine that actually there's nothing to be read into any of this other than we need something that looks so believably like it could be interpreted as an underline. For succession fans, it is the equivalent of that green dress that went viral a few years ago that everybody else said was either gold or blue. The one that she wore to Kendall's no, 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 birthday no. party? No, no, no. <gasps> no, that, that dress. Oh, you That dress mean, that I... people's brains saw differently. Oh, right. Sorry. Just because of the context in which we're speaking to each other and you said that dress, I just put Shiv's body. Oh. I, I would love to see Sarah Shiv's body in some more dresses. Sarah Shiv. Sarah Shiv. They should sell a Sarah Shiv doll that you can dress up like a Barbie. <laughs> I would genuinely enjoy doing that. I can fully see myself sitting with a Sarah Shiv doll and putting her in different dresses. <laughs> I would love it. And then if they gave her some nice hair and I could do her hair, I really think I could enjoy that. I would do that shit for hours when I was a little kid. I am usually quite good at following the tangents that we've been on, but I have no idea how that all started. We went from different interpretations of the cross out to you said that thing about the dress. I think the cross out is brilliant, but I think it's significance is over now. I agree. It's not a legally binding piece of paper, as they mentioned several times in the episode. It definitely, definitely wasn't, as we said the other day, Logan emphasising to a reader that it should be Kendall. Right. Here's how we want you to make CEO. And I'm underlining it. I really want you to make that guy CEO. Make sure. Just in case it's ambiguous when I typed the CEO should be my son, Kendall Roy, I'm just going to underline it and, and you will understand that this is to be taken seriously. It's not one of those pranks that I'm renowned for. And it sure as shit doesn't say Shiv. All right, this is from Meredith Finn. Her name is She's Crunchy Peanut Butter. Who says, hi, Sarah. Thanks, girl. <laughs> The Roy stroke Roy adjacent person who would smell the best is 100% Tom Wamsgams. Mm. Absolutely no doubt about this. He's always hanging around, manoeuvring around people, and his scent would be fucking perfect 24-7, as oily as he is. In fact, when Tom was showering Shiv in Mr. Darcy hotness and going on about the early days of their relationship, I briefly wanted to leap through the screen and bury my face in his neck. I'm not proud of it, but I don't make the rules. I think you should be proud of that. Like, let's fucking want to bury our faces in the necks of these fucking hotties. Do you really want to smell Logan? Yes. Not me, McGee. Three words. Old man funk. I don't care how rich he was. 
The best you could hope for is single malt with thick cigar notes. No bueno. It's Tom all the way. Listen, I loved everything you had to say about Tom Wom's gams. But yeah, I really fucking want to smell Logan. I'd smell Brian Cox in the morning. Upon waking. I'd smell upon waking. You'd be waking. standing there sniffing. <laughs> would you smell him whilst he was sleeping? Mm, if he didn't feel that was a violation, yes, I would love to. I saw him do some article. This was a while ago. And it showed his home. And I went, I'd fucking sniff a man who lived in that house. She's crunchy peanut butter. But you're wrong about Brian Logan. Brian Logan is the comedy critic for The Guardian. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the three stars, motherfucker. (laughs) Everyone else gave it a four, but your opinion also matters. Some people gave it a five. Oh, yeah, I got a fucking five, a bunch of fours, and the one three from The Guardian. But you know what? At least they reviewed me, and I was grateful. Read like a four. Well, this is what people always say, and none of that can be believed. Um, Really quickly, we have to wrap this up in the next five minutes. I don't know how to pronounce this name. Look, I'm going to change your life forever. There's a website. Yeah. It's called Google. Yeah. You can type in the word pronounce, uh-huh. and then what it is you want to pronounce, and a voice will tell you how to say it. Should I do it in like the Fred Talk stuff that our son does? Curly or kick him? Curly, cu, ah, oh. It, m, her, ah. Yeah. We really encourage reading in our family. We are looking at how to pronounce this name. I'd love to meet this guy. Irish origin from Ireland. Quiva. 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 Okay, this email is from Quiva. From now on, I'm going to be calling you Wonder Bread and Steak Freaks. Now, Quiva just linked us into an email from New York Magazine by a journalist who I think is like one of their food writers, and I'm going to look like a real rube or whatever that fucking turnip thing was by not knowing about this or how to pronounce this columnist's name. But I think it's E. Alex Jung or Jung. This is from his or her article. I don't know anything. But it's about having lunch with one of the wealth consultants on succession. Oh, wow. I'm having a discreet, anonymous lunch with the wealth consultant for succession at Michael's on 55th Street. Now, we have a friend who will remain nameless just in case she was being indiscreet and telling us this. And she used to work at Michael's. And it would be, it's like a power lunch spot, as I understand it. I've never been there, despite my power. And <laughs> it's where Gwyneth Paltrow and family had the luncheon or the reception after her father died. The wake. The wake. So this friend of mine was working the wake of Bruce Paltrow, and she watched Michael of Michael's go up to Gwyneth Paltrow, who was grieving her dad. And she said he just walked to this restaurateur, walk up to Gwyneth Paltrow, rub her back a little bit, and go, keep doing it. Keep doing it. And it's one of my favorite stories in terms of managing grief that I've ever heard. It makes it makes Greg look adept at knowing what it to say to mourners. It really does. So I wanted to include that little personal anecdote, but I will continue. Um, so anyway, the wealth consultant's husband's usual table underneath a brightly colored hockney lithograph. We've ordered the famous cob salads, which arrived chopped as finely as grass passed through a lawnmower. My dining companion served as the inspirational touchstone for many of Tom Wamsgan's blithering insults about Bridget Random Fuck in the first episode of the new season. The writers gave her a scenario like Greg is going to bring someone who doesn't belong to Logan's birthday party. How do we know 
knows she doesn't belong. And so she told them, this is a quote, her dress might have a big print on it and everyone else is wearing a salad. She's going to have a big bag with her shoes in it and she's going to eat all the snacks when they're coming out of the door. Wow. Wow. Anyway, I want to thank Wonder Bread and Steak Freaks for passing on this article because it was especially good. And motherfucker, do other people know about this E. Alex Jung slash Jung slash Young? Because he or she can write. All right, everybody. By the time you listen to this, I'm going to be married to an old man. Just a spring chicken, just a young gal of 43 with a 50-year-old motherfucking husband. Pray for me. It's like Logan and Kerry. It is basically Logan and Kerry. So to make my week a little better, send me some correspondences. And then we'll see you on Tuesday for episode five. The next episode of Succession is called Kill List. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Watch that one episode of Veep. Just watch the first five minutes, even. We're watch Juliet. all of it. Treat yourself. Who knows? Maybe if you've got no context for watching Veep, you won't, it won't be for you. Who knows? The point is, have a nice weekend. I'm hoping for some good weather. I'm trying not to go on about the weather too much. Jeff always says that I make the weather all about me. No, no, you always say I, I act like the weather is only happening to me. Whatever. We're in it together. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Bye-bye, babies. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.